Welcome to BSD Talk, number 83. It's Saturday, November 18, 2006. In the news, the FreeBSD Foundation is having a fall fundraising campaign. And also, there are the first public patch sets for the ZFS file system for FreeBSD. This is a file system developed by Sun Microsystems for their Open Solaris project. A little controversy about the licensing around that, but anyway, they're available. Now on to the interview. Today on BSD Talk, we're speaking with Johnny Lamb, and welcome to the show. Hi, uh, thanks very much. So could you start by telling us who you are and what you do? I'm a full-time system administrator for um, several small New York City companies. In the course of, of my job, I, uh, one of the main things that I do is to update and manage software on uh, various BSD systems for these companies. And uh, to do that job, I, I use Package Source almost exclusively. And in the BSD world, um, one of the main developers in the Package Source project, where I work mainly in, in like so-called infrastructure development as opposed to like just package maintenance. Now, before Package Source came along, there were other package management systems. Could you describe what you were trying to do when you started working with Package Source? I had to go a little bit into the history of the project. Package Source um, originally diverged from um, like an early version of FreeBSD ports. And I think it was actually 1997. Around that time, like both package source and FreeBSD ports were both kind of in their infancy, so there wasn't really an established way to like install and manage software on BSD systems uh, before that. There were clearly several in Solaris and, and Linux, but nothing really for BSD until the FreeBSD ports came along. Package source was. And it was a very early fork of FreeBSD ports um, that we at NetBSD wanted to use for ourselves. And uh, along the way, we somehow grew into this uh, like multi-operating system use software management system, which is where we are now. There's like two different parts to package source, and uh, like each part tries to solve an important problem. Like the, the first part is uh, package source is just a and it's the most basic thing. It's a collection of patches and other modifications to third-party software that allows that software to be built on the system. And like for package source, we actually keep a lot of these changes for many other operating systems aside from just NetBSD because we try to make package source work on a lot of different places. So you'll see a lot of Slayers patches or Open FreeBSD or uh, OpenBSD or FreeBSD uh, patches, and a lot of Linux patches as well. Now, the second part is that Package Source is a software management system at runtime, and it like tracks dependencies between installed software packages. I mean, tracking software dependencies is one of the most important things that you need when you're a system administrator because you need to know when it's safe to remove or update software without affecting other parts of your system. Is Package Source only for downloading a bunch of software and compiling it? or does it also help you install pre-compiled packages? It supports both things. You can use it as a source-based system where you uh, use package source to compile all the software that you use and install it automatically on your system, or 
like FreeBSD ports, there are uh, binary package repositories that are available on the NetBSD FTP servers that allow you to download um, a pre-compiled binary package and just uh, like package add it to your system. And which operating systems have adopted package source? Well, uh, of course, NetBSD, because uh, that's where it started up. But the other one is uh, Dragonfly BSD. They've uh, made a decision about a year ago, I think, to uh, use package source as the as their primary uh, package management system. Uh, one of that one of the reasons for that is because one of the Dragonfly developers, uh, uh, Jörg Sonnenberger, who's uh, is one of the developers that I work a lot with, um, became a package source developer out of interest in package source, and uh, from there we kind of like overwhelmed uh, the Dragonfly BSD uh, package management group, and uh, they're using package source now. One thing that the FreeBSD port system is known for is their number of packages in their port system. Do you have a sense of how many packages are available through package source? Um, I think the last time I checked, we're at somewhere around six or 8,000. We're uh, still still behind uh, where FreeBSD free ports is, but uh, I, I think we're still growing uh, as, as quickly as we can. We try very hard to, to add... Um, more packages when we can, although um, lately we've discovered that it's a little hard to keep up with just the scope of the project when you have that many packages in the system. So we're looking for better ways to, to manage the project as we go along. And NetBSD is also known for supporting a huge number of architectures, or I guess they call them ports. Mm -hmm. Is package source unified across all of those hardware architectures, or are there slightly different software packages for each? Uh, no, package source, in, in the same way that NetBSD like tries to work the same across all of its um, architecture ports, I mean, package source does the same thing within NetBSD across all of their architectures, but also kind of like horizontally across all the different platforms that package source tries to support. When I'm at work I'm using package source, I, I kind of consider package source as, as a platform where I install a lot of packages, and it provides kind of this uniform view of of all the systems that I manage, it, it makes my job easier when that when you can like simplify your view of of a whole bunch of uh, different machines, and uh, that's that's what Package Source does allow me to do. And what language is Package Source written in? It is written in a mix of shell and awk and sed and lots and lots of uh, make. It's a little cumbersome to use and, and do development uh, within all those different languages. But uh, it, it hasn't stopped us from writing lots and lots of code. <laughs> That's actually, I think, one of the weaknesses is kind of the over-reliance that Package Source has on Make as the user interface to Package Source. Um, and I, I think FreeBSD ports actually also share the same problem, but we haven't had an easy way of moving away from that yet, um, although we are working toward that um, somewhere in the future. Now, when you say Make, aren't there a couple different flavors or varieties of Make? This is the BSD Make program, although NetBSD has a couple extensions to it that we use in Package Source. Um, we kind of work around this on the various platforms that Package Source supports because when you want to use Package Source on another system, on a non-NetBSD system, you have to run a, a bootstrap um, process, and part of that bootstrap process is installing basically a NetBSD version of Make on your system that lets you use Package Source. And you mentioned that you administer a lot of NetBSD machines where you work. 
How does package source help you with those machines? Do you still have to visit every individual machine, or do you have some kind of system set up that lets you keep everything in sync between them? That's an interesting question. The the way package source helps is being able to to um, manage the builds and the installations of software on on the various machines, basically regardless of whether like which flavor of Unix it's running, and. Uh, because I, I manage software at, at several different smaller companies, they don't have like a large enough installation where you would like want to centrally push out software in in, the, in that way. So each like each company has a small collection of servers that um, that I manage individually using Packet Source. But um, because there's a common interface ag- across all those different machines, it makes my job easier. In that mix, are you also managing non-NetBSD systems? Yes, I I do manage. Some FreeBSD machines and Linux machines, and uh, on all the machines I, I use Packet Source. I do some FreeBSD maintenance for um, for Packet Source, where because I I have a lot of FreeBSD machines where I need to use Packet Source, so I make sure that Packet Source does work on FreeBSD. Um, I have a few Linux machines, and I rely on some other Packet Source developers that do a lot of Packet Source on Linux development to kind of do that for me. And how did you start working with the BSDs and administering systems? Uh, that's that's a long time ago. Um, see, I, I remember I started using NetBSD back in '97 uh, um, when I was in college. I was uh, going to Carnegie Mellon, and uh, the for all the math and computing courses that I was taking, I was um, mostly working on uh, Solaris workstations in their computer labs. And I mean, eventually you get tired of working at the lab and you want to work at home, but uh, when I was at home, the only computer I had was this uh, Macintosh LC3, which is one of the older Mac models. I think that thing maxed out at like 16 megahertz and and like 32 megs of RAM. I think I, I splurged on 32 megs of RAM for that box. And I wanted to run something like Solaris on that machine. I, I think around that time, the Linux kernel was around 1.0, but that didn't really help because uh, there wasn't a Macintosh port of Linux at the time. So I I looked around on the internet, or not the internet at the time. I think I looked around using Gopher, and I found a um, thing called Mac Mint, which was um, Tenenbaum's uh, Mint OS ported to work on as a Macintosh application. But that that got old because you can't really do that much within Mac Mint. And then I looked around a bit more, and that's when I discovered NetBSD. They had a Mac 68K port which uh, ran on that Macintosh. And uh, ever since then, I've been using NetBSD as uh, my primary platform. How important is the BSD license? As a practical matter, it's not terribly important to me. The I understand the theoretical benefits of BSD versus, um, versus GPL, but most of the stuff that I do, the software that I run, it's because the companies that I work for don't actually write software. They just use it, and they use it like mainly in in infrastructure roles, the the choice of the license isn't a isn't a sticking point for me. Well, are there any other topics that you want to talk about today? Uh, I can uh, plug the uh, the right. conference that I run called Packet Source Con, which um, the upcoming one in uh, 2007 is. We haven't set a date yet, although it'll most likely be in May or June. is uh, is going to be in Barcelona, Spain. It'll be the fourth Packet Source conference. 
the other three have also been in Europe somewhere, and uh, I think we're going to keep it that way because I think uh, about 70% of the Paxor developers actually live in continental Europe. So um, we, we try to make the conference where it's available for a large number of developers to come and go. All right. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Yeah, thanks very much, and I, I really appreciate uh, BSD Talk. I think it's a it's a neat project um, in getting BSD out to more people. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com, or if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 83.